you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Welcome back to the podcast, Rockstars. You know, COVID has really changed and shifted the way we all do business. You know, restrictions forced us to find creative new ways of serving the public, safely socially distancing, yet offering a creative individual experience that customers have come to appreciate. Well, that is certainly the future of this business. You know, it was a pivot that we all experienced, but now it is a, it's not just a trend, like it is a lasting new opportunity for you. So I'm really excited in this uh, podcast to be featuring Tracy Christman from a company called Sumphy that motorizes these outdoor structures. And I'm talking to Calvin Gray from Structure who handles pergolas and Phantom is a company uh, with Jarrett Unger today and we're going to be talking all about screens. There's all these opportunities to do these motorized outdoor spaces. We're talking rooftops. We're talking parking lots. Anywhere you've got a creative outdoor space, these folks can help us achieve that. So stay tuned to this episode. You know, I recently had a really amazing farm to table experience um, here on the coast of Maine and it literally were a series of yurts outdoors, which was a curated uh, tasting menu, five course tasting menu by a really creative, awesome chef. And we had a view of the farm and the fields and the crops and all that. And they had, you know, these screens that you could see out of. It was just a beautiful space. And it really triggered my imagination for what the future holds for this restaurant business. You know, customers have come, our guests, I should say, have come to expect, you know, not just food and drink, but an experience. And here's a way that we can offer them an experience. So stay tuned to this episode. It's going to be a good one. Rock stars, let me tell you about Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed for restaurateurs by restaurateurs. Effective labor management is more important than ever to maximize profit and success, especially now as restaurants begin to reopen and expand their teams. Trusted by over half a million restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to simplify scheduling, easily manage time and attendance, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll systems you already use and trust, turning your team into a competitive advantage to your business. Right now, Restaurant Rockstar's listeners can get three months absolutely free. Get started now at sevenshifts.com forward slash restaurant rockstars. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com forward slash restaurant rockstars to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Now on with the episode. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. As you all know, these are engaging topics that help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, and deliver amazing guest service experiences. And that is certainly the topic of today's episode. With me today, Ms. Tracy Christman from a company called Sumphy. I'm also with Calvin Gray from Structure, as well as Jarrett Unger from Phantom. Now, the relevance of this discussion is all about the pandemic and how it made you know, based on restrictions of all the states and governments made 
limited seating a reality. And now these companies have these structures and pergolas and screens that are motorized and technology driven that have now created a whole new opportunity for restaurants as we emerge from the pandemic. So that's what the conversation is is uh, about today. And I really thank Tracy, Jarrett, and Calvin for joining us. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for having us. Well, fantastic. Um, Let's start with backstory. My my audience always knows that you know my guests usually have some sort of hospitality connection, whether it started as you know in teen years, how their careers progressed, and how they ended up doing what they're doing now. Tracy, would you like to start? Sure. Uh, my hospitality experience is somewhat limited. It does go back to my uh, my teen years as a uh, snack bar attendant at the local swim club, um, but uh, certainly throughout uh, my my career and and such, you know the the spirit of hospitality is always there. So uh, when we're working uh, with customers or clients, and uh, no matter what their requests are, uh, from a marketing perspective and, um, and product, we're always there to, to support and provide the experiences that they need at, at the right level. So Excellent. Well, you know, hospitality is really the foundation of this business. So it really helps when we work in the industry to have that, you know, that guest perspective in mind. It really drives everything we do. It drives the innovation. It drives the solutions for the operator and so many other you know areas that impact the guest experience so thanks for offering that Jarrett Calvin who wants to jump in next sure I can speak to my background so like Tracy my background in hospitality was in my teenage years I worked with McDonald's for I bet you it was about four years uh, throughout high school and I was hopeless on the grill (laughs) Uh, as those orders those high volume orders started coming in I think I I probably came to tears a few times so very quickly I was moved out to they called it lobby um, host lobby and so I loved that part of it it was a lot of it was cleanup, of course, but it was hosting parties and gatherings. And even though I think a lot of folks think of McDonald's as fast food, getting in, getting out, my job was to keep people there uh, if they were having a special party. So it was all about hospitality. And that certainly has now extended into a lot of the areas that I work in on the customer service side of our industry and retractable screens. Fantastic. Thanks, Calvin. Why don't you... Um finish up on yeah you know, freshman year of college I, I waited tables for six months very poorly um <laughs> great personality but i wasn't great at waiting tables realized it wasn't my forte but it gave, you know it was a great foundational thing for being able to interact with people and of course uh on my sales team i worked directly with a guy that was uh food and beverage director for Hilton. So he brought me up to speed very quickly on what that world's like. And it's, I think it's helped us a great deal in terms of being able to uh, fulfill the needs of people in the hospitality industry. Fantastic. Well, everyone listening to this podcast knows that this is a very dynamic, ever-changing industry. And I've been in lots of different businesses over many decades. And this is by far one of the most, if not the most challenging business that I've ever been in. And then all of a sudden the pandemic comes along and 2020, you know, hits everyone like a ton of bricks. And those that were resilient and resourceful had to immediately pivot and make changes and meet the guests' needs, desires, safety, and convenience became hugely important. And what you do seems to be a tremendous, you know, not only opportunity to help save these businesses during the worst of the pandemic, but now it's definitely, I wouldn't call it a trend because I think this has staying power long into the future. Let's talk about you know, your, your different companies and how business was pre-pandemic versus then the pandemic hits and then you get crushed. I mean, how long have you been all operating with your different companies? 
Well, I can, I can start with that question. Um, so phantom screens, we specialize in retractable insect, solar uh, privacy, as well as climate control screens. So they come down when you need them and retract out of sight when you don't. And what we saw with the pandemic actually was an immediate upswing in demand. <laughs> Everybody um, was moving toward wanting to have uh, more outdoor spaces, uh, obviously to extend, uh, you know, revenue space uh, as, as best as possible and as fast as possible. Um, so we did see an immediate uptick, but we also saw this as really more an expedition an expedition, or I guess if that's the right word, um, but it was already a trend. People were already moving outside, wanting to move their indoor spaces to the outside, whether we're talking retail, commercial, or um, even, even residential. So this just expedited that. It made it that much more important now. Um, and so we found, yeah, some restaurants were, were rushing and, and clamoring to make that happen very quickly. Um, but what was interesting is we also found some of the more established restaurants looking ahead. I mean, they, they could see that the pandemic's not going to be forever. Um, so this is actually an opportunity right now for us to expand outdoors like we were always planning to uh, and get ready for what comes after the pandemic. Because there is the whole idea that even when this is done, people are still going to be nervous. And this might actually be a cultural shift, not just a, you know, a, a temporary shift in terms of wanting more clean air space and all those things around them. So that's kind of a, a quick synopsis of what we saw from a sector perspective. Jared, let me ask you, were you staffed up to handle this incredible demand that just literally came out of nowhere? Did you have to staff up? Did you have to add production capacity? You know, do you manufacture things in-house? Do you outsource certain things? Like, tell me about all that. Sure. So yeah, we did have to staff up. <laughs> um, we have to. We're used to it, though. We have to staff up every year in our production area because um, being insect screens and solar shades, although it can be put in year round, um, it's something that generally folks don't really think about until the spring weather starts to arrive. So um, on a production side, we certainly had to staff up. From an installation side, though, so we provide. Our, uh, we install our product across North America and we provide that service and that's done through a distributor network. And so um, we already had that in place, thankfully. So as installation demand started to pick up, we already had our partners in each uh, major market area to, to handle that demand. They had to staff up, I'm sure, um, get more installation crew uh, in play there. Um, but um, yeah, we were able to respond uh, you know, to that need in, in relatively short order, thankfully. Calvin, how about you? I echo everything that Jared said. I mean, it's exactly it. We were already on an upward trend in hospitality and 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 restaurants. And it our product is a great fit. I think both our products are a great fit for for the industry. And I think we had a little bit of a lull when the pandemic was first announced. Everybody went nuts, and uh, everything kind of died for forty five days. And then shortly thereafter, there was this kind of emergence of of business that everybody figured out. We need to react, respond, and pivot, and come up with a solution. And now it's just a matter of how quickly we can get to people, right? Jared hit the nail on the head. It's all about how quick can you get this product installed so we can get this space opened up. Uh, we've worked with some restaurants uh, that literally couldn't open their doors until the outdoor space was figured out. So we fast-tracked these jobs as quickly as we could knowing they were kind of clinging to, clinging to our solution to be able to get back open. So uh, things have stayed steady and it's really now just a matter of making sure we have the appropriate manpower on the back end to be able to build the jobs quick enough uh, 
uh, because the labor part of it was really our biggest challenge. We, we, the, the work's there. We just want to make sure that we have the right people to be able to do it as quickly as possible. So. Thank you, Kelvin. Tracy, let's, let's talk about your company and how you've coordinated, you know, with structure and phantom and have you all been working together for a long time? Because obviously each of the pieces come together and the different solutions obviously require motorization, you know, tell us about that as well as, you know, your challenges when this whole thing hit sure. that sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, yes, uh, Sumfi and Structure and Phantom were longtime partners. So we're very familiar with each other. Great partners to work with. And uh, Sumfi has been around for more than 50 years, manufacturing uh, tubular and, and different motorization systems for products such as the exterior screens that we're talking about, uh, pergolas, the louvers and such. And we experienced very similar to as Jarrett and Calvin explained, you know, right as the pandemic hit, it was, you know, everyone kind of uh, locked down and uh, we, we saw demand really um, decline. And we provide products also for the interior space. So for restaurants, there's, you know, the interior window covering side too, but we saw people not wanting to get in the home, but as Jared explained, go outside. So our shift in, you know, production of making more of the, the motorization solutions for exterior products really was something that we uh, adhered to, although some of them are, are uh, cross-functional uh, platforms. So that was good. But yeah, certainly we see a huge increase, especially with these exterior solutions as well. So we are the, the company that's providing the, the components and the technology to make those screens go up and down and those louvers uh, open and close and and uh, do all that fun stuff with uh, you know different sensors and things as well. So. I would imagine that you service multiple industries, not just restaurants. This is, of course, a restaurant podcast. And I guess I'm assuming that restaurants would probably make up a huge amount of your business. But what other industries... Um need these products? Well, from Sumfi's perspective, we um, we make the products that go inside of, of the end result. So whether it's a screen or a pergola, uh, interior window covering, awning, etc. Really, it then up to the uh, the manufacturer and the distribution network to, to see where, where they sell. And I'm sure uh, Jarrett and Calvin can shed some light on where they also uh, have the experience in the distribution there. Yeah, please do. Please share. I was going to say, anyone looking to capitalize on outdoor space uh, is it, it is the answer, which is, you know, both residentially and commercially, both markets have boomed. Um, you know, the pandemic forced everyone home to work. And so everyone was looking for three, four, 500 square feet of new space for their outdoor space for home. But uh, we really run the full gambit. Restaurants, hospitality, country clubs, you name it. Uh, everyone is looking to enhance that space, take this space that can't be used very frequently because of weather conditions. And it's really, we're in the outdoor comfort business at the end of the day. We're about creating space that's functional and usable 365 days a year in virtually any weather condition. Uh, and I know Jarrett's up in Canada, so he, he's got <laughs> challenges that I don't have. I'm down in Florida. So we we're, right, we're both right. like the dark side of the moon here. Uh, Jared, I'll let you take it from there. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I actually echo what Tracy and Calvin shared. So um, the restaurant industry, of course, is very important to us. Uh, hotel and uh, event venues uh, where they're going to be using indoor and outdoor spaces or a combination thereof when they want to expand, even open up an indoor space to the outdoor space. So they can even double or triple um, that space where they're going to be doing uh, some kind of an event or wine tastings, whatever the case may be. Uh, and residential is massive for us. Um, oh. And that's something that's been interesting is to see how 
it seems like both the restaurant and the residential sector are kind of borrowing ideas from each other. It seems like restaurants are trying to feel a little more residential in, in a lot of the amenities that they're starting to add. And homes are looking at, well, what is a, an amazing restaurant kitchen look like and how do I mimic that? So um, <clears throat> that's where we see a lot of kind of pairing, I guess, in terms of what we're doing on, on both sides of, of the industry. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, because I wasn't sure if we had made it super clear yet, but when you combine the structure outdoor pergolas that have the, the uh, movable roof louvers that open and close, you're basically to the open sky, um, the phantom retractable screens that in essence are the retractable walls, for, for lack of a better term, and then the Sanfi motors and controls that control everything, we basically create an outdoor enclosure that can be fully opened or partially closed or fully closed. Uh, and that's what delivers that four season, any kind of weather condition, uh, outdoor space that you can use it uh, all year round, regardless of what's happening outside. Yeah, so I just wanna make sure that we were clear on that, on that part of it. I had a wonderful experience a couple of weeks ago that was just so unique. And I see this as a marketing hook and an additional profit center in many operations. So this was a farm to table place and it was actually at a farm and you'd, you'd pull into this farm in, you know, close to the coast of Maine. And obviously the fields are there and they're growing fresh flowers and they're growing vegetables and all that sort of thing. They had a market where you could walk into the market and buy fresh produce and things off the farm itself. They were making fresh sandwiches. And that was like the primary business model until the pandemic hit. And now they had six or seven sort of, well, structures as you're describing that had screens and um, I wouldn't say that I noticed that the roofs would open, but what an interesting situation to create an exclusive experience where a customer comes in and gets a curated dining experience with a personal server that comes in and takes care of your every need. And this was a five-course tasting menu. It was not inexpensive, but the experience delivered was extraordinary, you know? And now you folks are offering these types of structures that can then create that sort of an ambiance, that sort of an, you know, I don't need to say upscale because it doesn't need to be upscale, but you can certainly charge for the experience. And I do see that as a marketing hook. So I think what you're doing is awesome. And I experienced something similar firsthand not so long ago. Now, research shows actually that, you know, adding outdoor patios or these structures can actually increase gross profits by 65%. Is, would that be accurate to say? Well, yeah, I, that's the feedback that we've received. Um, in fact, I can give you a specific project example. I don't know what their percentage increase was in, in revenue, but I do know what the dollar amount was. Um, so up in the Pacific Northwest where I'm located, <clears throat> there is a, a restaurant that uh, basically extended their, their outdoor space by adding uh, retractable screens and some of the features that we've talked about. And it was only 12 tables. So it wasn't like a massive patio, but, but it was 12 tables. And because we're in the Pacific Northwest, we do get that cold, rainy winter where folks don't really want to be outside. But by adding the features that we're talking about today, they were able to use that outdoor space, those 12 tables um, during the winter and fall when, when generally you wouldn't be outside. <clears throat> and that amounted to, I think it was, they said two to $3,000 in revenue per day in addition to what they normally were Very used nice. to without having that space. And I think uh, when you when you took the whole winter into effect, that was a $300,000 revenue increase thanks to 12 extra tables in that outdoor space. So um, yeah, there's, there's huge wins, I think, from a revenue perspective by extending those outdoor spaces. 
There's also a biophilic part to it. Um, I guess that's more salutary, but we, we talk about biophilia, that natural inclination that human beings have in wanting to be connected to the living organisms around them. Uh, and what that means in retail, um, and that includes restaurant, is uh, when people have more exposure to the natural daylight, the sights and sounds of the outdoors, the fresh air, um, they're healthier. And they spend more money. <laughs> oh, I so love it. Yeah. There's actually the, uh, I think it's called the Heshang Mahone group. They're a research group that have done tests on that. And they've, they've found that exact um, factor that when people are exposed to the pleasant outdoor elements, they spend more money. Um, it, there's more revenue from that side of it too. You know, thanks for touching on that. That brings to mind the most successful retailers in this country, if not around the world, have dialed in the fact that certain types of music, certain types of fragrances that are piped into these spaces actually keep people in the retail location longer, spending more money. So what you're talking about absolutely adds to that whole, you know, biophilia, I think is is the term that you use, but it's adding to that whole new experience. People are spending more. People are enjoying more. People are leaving better online reviews because they're now receiving experiences where before perhaps they were just going in and you know having food and drink, but there wasn't necessarily anything extraordinary about the experience. And now you're adding that whole dimension. So I, I'm a huge fan of that idea. Absolutely. Let's talk about current trends right now. You know, there's so many different spaces and we've all seen, you know, cities and, you know, even rural locations that suddenly with the dining restrictions, okay, you can only have, you know, okay, six, 10 foot distances between tables and capacities were cut in half. And now cities, I'm close to Portland, Maine, and we saw a lot of streets closed down by the city mayor because, okay, now we're going to create outdoor dining spaces. And now the cars aren't allowed. And now, you know, we can distance, but now these structures are going up and those structures are still there. Sometimes they're sidewalks, sometimes they're parts of the streets and the city has really reconfigured traffic just to make this all work, to keep the economy going, to keep people coming, tourists, visitors, all that sort of thing. So let's talk about you know current trends. What are the hot spaces? What are you seeing happening? Um, you know, what type of structures are the most popular? We can you can all answer that question, but whoever would like to start. You know, back to what Jared said, the hot trends I think are are just basically utilizing as much outdoor space as possible. Um, we've been doing a lot of case studies lately where we go back and, and capture the uh, post-installation information with people. And they're just raving the fact that this becomes the most popular place to sit. So once outdoor spaces was a spillover kind of place to put people, you know, not necessarily everybody is fighting to sit outdoors. Now it's, they're, they're the, they're the, the most uh, frequented spots and, you know, everyone wants to sit out in the cool space outside. Uh, we're seeing that as well. We've seen, I'm down in South Florida. So we see that a lot of the uh, outdoor space that was once prohibited for them to be upon now, now they've, they've mandated that they can use this space permanently uh, because I think everybody's looking at the long vision for this. This is not just a the pandemic, but I think that we're realizing that the long play here is that these spaces are going to become the place everybody wants to sit and be. We just have to make them comfortable. You know, uh, as I touched on earlier, we're in the outdoor comfort business and and people will thrive to be in these spaces to the extent that we can make them more comfortable. And that's what we do. As a I team. believe. Thank you for adding that. 
Uh, Tracy, you know, I believe the motorization piece really adds to that outdoor experience, the comfort level, you know, that, that Jarrett and Calvin were just speaking of. And two experiences come to mind. I keep bringing my own experiences into this. And I haven't seen all of these structures that I've seen actually be motorized and have these features. So that, of course, is an added benefit. You know, when I was a kid growing up, um, there was a house in my neighborhood that had an indoor swimming pool, and they actually had a motorized retractable roof. So when the weather was nice, the roof would open. And when the weather was raining and the kids could still go swimming, and that always blew me away as an eight-year-old seeing that. And then the same thing, you know, I, I believe going on a Caribbean cruise with my parents so long ago, there was a cruise ship that had the very same thing. They had this giant Olympic-sized swimming pool right on top of the ship, and it had this motorized roof that would open up. And if the weather became inclement for whatever reason, obviously it would shut down and the pool never shut down. And now these structures are doing very similar things thanks to the motorization piece. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, Let's give the audience a, a, a sort of understanding or feel for the variety of, of structures and features that are actually available from soup to nuts. I mean, you can go really crazy if your budget is unlimited, but you can do a lot on a limited budget and everything in between, I'm assuming. Please tell us some, you know, what is available and based on budget, what types of um, structures are offered and you know, screens, pergolas, all that sort of thing, motorized versus not. If you can take us there, that'd be really helpful. Sure, I can start off on that one. Um, yeah, sky's the limit as far as possibilities, um, and that and that does come down to budget. Um, <clears throat> I guess I would start at um, more more of the sort of entry level, um, and that this, a lot of it's going to depend on square footage, of course, and how big the space is. <clears throat> on the retractable screen side, um, coming from the phantom screens uh, side of things, um, generally when you're looking at insect screen insect mesh. Um, which is allowing a lot of air circulation, but keeping, of course, the bugs and the pests uh, out of the, the dining space or, or the space where the food is being prepared. Um, those would be more of the, the more affordable um, screen products. And then as you start to get into more of the denser material, um, the price starts to go up a little bit, not astronomically, but it does start to go up a bit. Um, so there I'm talking about solar shades where you're, you're starting now to um, keep the space cool with solar shading or the reverse in the evenings. If, you, if it's cool outside, the solar shades can help retain some of that heat. So that's a, that's a little bit more. And then the top end would be clear vinyl. Um, and clear vinyl basically is creating a complete enclosure when those are lowered. Um, so when we talk about uh, pricing, um, recessed screens, that's where the screens are actually integrated into the structure itself. Um, is probably the most affordable with a partner like Structure Outdoor because they've already created all of the beam chases and, and the componentry that can hide our screens out of sight. Um, if it's on an existing building, then of course we, we need to integrate it into the framing and there could be some carpentry costs and some of those things associated. Um, in terms of giving a kind of a rough ballpark, um, if I was looking at a screen that say was about, let's say 16 feet wide, uh, and by about 10, 12 feet tall, uh, you're probably starting at at least about $3,000, $3,500, including the installation. Um, and so then you can expand that by the square footage, right? Uh, of course, if it's a really big project, there's, there's project pricing that applies when you get to a certain level of economies of scale. Uh, but that would kind of give a, a ballpark for someone to kind of think about is, okay, roughly, you know, if I'm, I'm about a 16-foot linear um, starting perimeter, I'm probably starting about $3,000, $3,500 um, for the product and the installation. All right. Calvin, will you 
um, add to that? Yeah, I think that the restaurant projects that we do nationally, I think the we we try to do two things. One, we try to match existing architecture as much as possible. That's one of the first things we do, obviously, with working within the budget. Um, but we find that virtually every restaurant that we do, they want to go all in. They want to do our system as big as they can afford to do it. Uh, we want to do the matching screens, which is essential. You've got to have the the motorized screens from Phantom on the side because that puts it all together. That knocks down the wind. It creates solar shade. And again, they can use that even in a blowing rainstorm. If we, you choose the right mesh, right? We can drop the screens and knock down the blowing rain and wind. Lighting, fans, um, to create, again, bad weather conditions, louvers close. Now we've got a, kind of a watertight roof overhead and we've got the screens down they can still function within that space. We're not moving people back indoors. Um, back to your prior question, I just uh, I didn't think about this. We're, we're, we're actually going to be rolling out a, kind of an integrated audio system. That's going to be one of the new plays moving forward. We're working with a company out of Los Angeles to, we're fitting really high-end audio into our system so that it sounds amazing. And because we're an aluminum product, we don't want any kind of vibration to, uh, to affect the sound. So we're trying to perfect this before we roll it out and we think we've got it nailed down, but that'll be the next new thing. Again, just creating the ultimate space, space that, uh, that people want to, to be in rather than being indoors. And then just to add to what Calvin was saying, another trend is in addition to the audio is the lighting. So, you know, setting the the right atmosphere mood with uh, even different colored lighting and, and different elements there is also a, a trend that we're seeing. And, you know, the integration of all these different products from the motorization to the fans, to the heater, to the, the audio, Sumfy helps with that as well with our, our product offer and, and solutions. So we kind of bring it all together. One thing we should mention yeah, too ahead, is, is is customization. So um, all our these the three partners here today um, can provide a lot of customization. So um, when folks are looking, for example, at trying to match a unique building finish, well, we can probably do a powder coat that is going to match the finish, even wood grain. Um, so there's a lot of customization that's available from a design perspective to make it look like it was always part of of the restaurant. Um, and another level of customization is really on how you control the system. Um, back to one of your questions earlier, um, we were talking about, you know, what are some of the trends and automation is huge right now. I think number one, because it saves a ton of labor. I, I think back, I think going, when I've gone to restaurants uh, and the sun's starting to be through or it's, you know, it's changed, the sun angle's changing. I'm watching waiters run around moving, you know, blinds up and down. And I've never done a calculation about, you know, how much that would add up to Downtime. You know, annual labor, <laughs> but it's, sure. I think it would be quite a bit. Um, so automation, um, you know, using Somfy's environmental sensors, like sun sensors, that you know will automatically drop the shades or change the louvers uh, depending on what the sun is doing wind sensors that will respond to wind rain sensors that will respond to moisture levels um, really addresses um, i think that and there's also kind of that no touch um, condition that we're all still dealing with right now i don't want to touch things that other people have touched um, and automation also deals with that, right? So um, that's a huge trend that we're seeing in the restaurant sector and, and across the industry as a whole. And it allows the wait staff to do what they do best. They're not running exactly. around trying to look for remote controls and, and you know, yeah. they do what they do. Let the let the automation from Somfy take care of all that stuff. So it's it's great. 
That's a beautiful thing. All right. So I'm getting the sense that customization is huge. I, I'm really curious about the process because we're going to give your URLs so that, and how to contact your companies and all that sort of thing um, towards the end of the podcast. But I, I'm really curious about the process. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming again that there's a dedicated account representative that now works with a restaurant. And I'd like to know what that process is like and how, you know, does a restaurant sort of share photographs, video, their interior space, the, the exterior space that they wish to enhance. And then the, you know, the account representative, the person that's working, you know, representing your companies will then work with that client to say, okay, your budget is this, and we want to match that woodwork or that architecture of that building. And the whole thing evolves from there, but is there also sort of pre-existing manufactured solutions that are just turnkey out of the box? That's all I need. I'll press the button. It comes, I get it installed, that sort of thing. And I know this is a multifaceted question, but then, you know, there are certain installation professionals that are perhaps needed that uh, need to work with the client to make sure that the end product delivered works as it should, looks as it should, fits the space, problem solves any, you know, anything that may go wrong along the way. Let's, let's talk about all that. I know that was a broad question. Sure. Uh, well, from a from a, a process perspective, you know, kind of from beginning of a project to the end, um, both uh, phantom screens and structure, we're kind of the ones that are that are in front of the client, right? And Zomfy makes it all possible. They power us. <laughs> of course. Um, so when it comes to uh, a project, we will work with either the the restaurant operator or the restaurant owner. Um, but some of the, of course, the restaurant clients will work through their architect or their, their general contractor. Right. Uh, either way, um, we've got the teams that will work with those individuals, look at their, their plans, um, start to provide some you know, high-level ideas at the get-go in terms of, okay, this is how we could fit that space or how we could help create that, that outdoor space. Here's the solutions that we can offer you. Um, we ask questions about, you know, some of their design goals, you know, are there certain things they want to match? Is there a certain look that they're going for? Um, what's the big challenge that they're facing? Is it bugs? Is it solar? Is it a combination of everything? Um, and from there, we'll start to put together a plan that, that will address that. Um, there, there are, I guess, um, maybe more standard, uh, approaches, but the approach, the, Typical method is actually still custom. Um, even if it's a very quick process, um, you know, the, the restaurant owner knows exactly what they want. We still will have, um, you know, either a face-to-face -face or a Zoom call or, or a phone call to walk through the, those specific challenges and goals and then create a solution that is going to, going to address that. Uh, and then, you know, fast forwarding to, okay, everything's decided. Um, colors and products, so it's the solutions, fabrics, and all those good things. Uh, that's then where we move ahead with an installation. Um, and I, I don't want to speak for Calvin, but I'm going to jump ahead because we kind of do the same thing. Our both our teams will end up on the job site and and take care of of all of the servicing, the the setup, um, the programming, um, walking the client through. Here's how you use it. Here's how it operates. Um, that that full gamut. Fantastic. Calvin, what, yeah, what would we, you add to that? That's wonderful to hear. Well, we have two, two primary ways we work with people. We have a national dealer network. And if our, if our, we have a dealer in that market that we find is, uh, you know, suitable to handle that size job and we'll work through them. If not, we have a, 
a corporate team, which will work, uh, can basically travel and, and help assist in bigger projects, uh, which has allowed us to work with some big national chains that are more comfortable knowing that our corporate team's involved rather than working with a local dealer. Um, everything is about design. So we work through our design team first. We want to make sure we hit the mark on the design um, and we come up with renderings. Uh, once those are all signed off on and approved, then we can go into shop drawings, engineering, and getting the product into production. And again, we're all on site at that point to make sure that everything goes properly and everything's programmed properly. So we, you know, the, the three of us have been working together for some time now, uh, you know, uh, not just uh, out there in the field, but even in, you know, podcasts and getting this message out to, to uh, uh, various industries. And we're really elated to be able to work together. I think we, we, we our products work seamlessly together we need each other and we are better together. I think that's one thing that happens, but uh, no, it, I think, again, we're, we're trying to work within the framework of everybody's budget, but I think that most of the restaurants now are, are looking at the longer vision. And, you know, I think that's the difference with the pandemic is just making sure that they're saying, Hey, listen, if, if I can create a unique space, that people really rave about, then I'm going to be around a long time. And that's, that's the difference I think in, in the mindset today. Fantastic. Tracy, let's jump to you. I want to learn a little bit more about the motorized technology. I'd like to talk a little bit about the sensors and how complex they are. Maybe are these soundless pieces of equipment? Do they make any kind of hum noises or is it literally, you don't even know it's there. It just works. Do, do the guests have the opportunity to, you know, put a solar shade down because the sun is on Do the staff have to deal with everything. I mean, is anything sort of automated so that the guest can control it? Tell us all that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm first going to piggyback of what Calvin said, as far as, uh -huh. um, you know, the fact that we've all been longstanding partners and our products really do work together. And Sompi has been working both with structure and phantom to make sure the automation is the, the right type of motorization system, the right type of sensors that work with their products. So lead to the fact that when the product is installed and it's there at the restaurant, it, it, it's going to work. Whether the um, the owner operator wants to have that control, maybe they even have a, an iPad or something and they want the app control, that, that's possible. Maybe they want to give some of that control out to the staff or not. Um, that's where we talked about some of the sensors and the sensors are, they're really automatic. They sensor the weather conditions and react to uh, what's programmed. If it's too sunny, the louvers can close completely. They can close a little bit. They can close uh, not at all. So depending on where you are in the uh, the country, you'll, you'll probably want to adjust that. But, and of course, rain, they sense different moisture levels and they'll be able to protect and secure that space so the, the diners can continue enjoying their, their meal outside. Um, there's also a various local controls, a simple press, you know, handheld remote that could be used. There's switches that can be put on the wall. There's also voice activation controls. I'm not sure how well that works in a restaurant with, wow, with the uh, yeah, you know, ambient noise, but that yeah. is uh, certainly a, uh, an hmm. option. Um, as far as the motorization systems, uh, Sanfi has hundreds of different types of motors um, from the, uh, you know, from 
different level of noise as well. Um, so some are super ultra quiet. You don't even know what's happening until you're looking at the, the screen moving up and down to um, others that are a little bit maybe more robust because of the size of, of the shade and, and the power needed to uh, to make that happen. So really at something we say we we can motorize virtually anything because of the breadth of, of what's available through our, our technology and offering. And uh, which is why we've uh, been really happy working with uh, Phantom and Structure. They come to us with a, uh, you know, a, a new idea or, or something. We'll figure out how to, to get it motorized. You know, sounds not necessarily a bad thing. It adds to the drama of what's happening you know, yeah. in certain cases. And, you know, James Bond movies come to mind where this unique technology that is way ahead of its time shows up on the, on the screen and there's a sound that goes with it. So when you're in a dining experience, sometimes sound adds to that. So I don't think it's a negative if certain things make noise. I was just curious about that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about lead times on, okay, I'm working with a designer. I've got my whole thing dialed start to finish. I know it, it's got to vary dramatically, but essentially what am I looking at with some of your more popular solutions? Like how much time when I decide on this and now I want you guys start matching to my ambiance and my, my, you're coming up with a solution. How long before it's operable in the average case? Sure. Well, what I would say, so we can give you lead time averages right now, but what I would say is the market's pretty unpredictable right now. Oh, <laughs> um, yes. So with, with aluminum, um, you know, political issues going on with aluminum right now and, and that's impacting supply, pretty much every material you can think of wood. I mean, everyone knows what's been going on with lumber. Um, and that goes right into, you know, even fabrics. Um, it goes into the chips that are going into some of our technologies. Everything is impacted right now uh, globally. So um, I would say plan ahead as best you can, because there's no guarantees on lead times given on given what's going on in the world right now. But um, today, I would say from purely the um, the phantom retractable screen side of things, uh, we're probably at about a six week lead time, um, sometimes shorter, but I would say, you know, think of it as, as six weeks from, okay, we've we've now know exactly what we're putting in, um, dimensions, everything, all that's been decided. Um, then that's manufacturer, uh, shipping and and installation, I would say leave leave at least six weeks. But um, again, there's there's still some unpredictability unpredictability in the sector. So the more you can plan ahead, the better. Yeah. Excellent. Anyone on the structure side? It's a it's a this is a permanent structure, so it has to be engineered and permitted. And now you're into different municipalities around the country. I mean, from from uh, big cities to small cities and so forth. So. Um, that's where it can vary greatly, you know, trying to pull a permit in Miami beach versus trying to, or New York city versus trying to pull, right. pull a permit in Omaha, Nebraska is a completely different of uh, course. scenario, but, um, you know, our material lead times are a little further back than we'd like right now, simply because of what Jared just said, there's a uh, various supply chain issues that come and go a little bit. We're, our, we like to be able to go from contract to installation, ideally in about a 12 week window, um, which gives Phantom plenty of time to have their material to us when we need it. Uh, they're usually quicker to the dance, but uh, you know, again, we have to go through a myriad of inspections, um, sometimes foundation inspections, and all the way through to electrical inspections because we're doing we're doing the full Monty. We're doing electrical, so we're on our permit. We're doing everything that needs to be done um, to be street legal, so to speak, uh, in that particular municipality. So. 
Um, uh, I echoed Jared's sentiment, which is, you know, if you want to do it, get going. Um, invariably, for whatever reason, it seems like people know they want to do it and then wait to the last minute and they need it done yesterday. And, and we're putting this very tight box to try to meet those timetables. And it doesn't need to be that way. If I can say anything on this message, it doesn't need to be that way. Uh, plan properly and we can get it done more easily. I'm glad you brought that up because I've done multiple projects that have required either just code enforcement officers sign off or literally planning board committees that need to sign off on much bigger, you know, constructions and all that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm quite certain that you have spec drawings and all the full information that a client can then take to their local municipality and say, okay, this is what I'm planning on doing. And they get sign off and then it's off to the races and you guys start providing the solution. Let's talk about HVAC and how often that's needed, the air conditioning, the heating and all that, and how that integrates with the structures, with the motors, all that sort of thing. And is that seems like a big piece to me. And, and But again, climate dependent, depending on where you're at. Yeah, well, I think one of the beauties of what we bring to the table is that we reduce the the need for AC and those mechanical systems. Uh, if we just look at the solar side of it, you, you add solar shades, um, we can reduce the building heat gain from the sun by as much as anywhere between 65 to 90 percent, depending on the material and, you know, all the other conditions. So that's a lot of heavy lifting that our systems are doing to reduce the need to pump heat out of a building, right? We're, we're already preventing the heat from coming in. Awesome. Um, yep. Of course, if you're using a more open um, weave, uh, so you're using like an insect screen, for example, so that allows quite a bit of openness for air pass through. Um, you're allowing a lot of fresh air into your outdoor space. Uh, and maybe one thing we didn't mention earlier is we also allow that opening of the indoor space to the outdoor space. Uh, so if you've got more of that fresh air um, coming from the outside to the indoor space without the pests and the bugs that you'd be worried about, again, that allows passive cooling and reduces the need for, uh, for HVAC. You still need to have HVAC. You're just reducing the amount of time and energy that that HVAC needs to be running. Um, but then I, I'll probably let Kelvin speak to some of the air movement that's possible, um, you know, with the with the structure system. Yeah, in summer months, and it's hot everywhere this summer. It's uh, matter of fact, Florida may be a little cooler than some of the other parts of the country right now. But when you angle the louvers and create shade, and you drop the solar screens, and you have motorized fans inside, if you move the air and you create shade, and you allow the hot air to rise and get out of it. It's, it's a very cool, comfortable space. Um, uh, you know, we, do, we can integrate misting systems. There's some sophisticated misting systems if people want to go to that level. The only drawback to them is sometimes they're a little noisy and sometimes uh, a little, they can create a little bit of, uh, obviously, uh, too much moisture in some cases. But oftentimes they're not needed anymore because, uh, you know, one thing we love is the fact that you can angle the louvers, create shade, have some really nice functional fans in there, drop the screens. You still look up and see blue sky, but you're comfortable. And um, so I, to that end, I think we're fine. And we get into the winter months and we often incorporate things like, uh, you know, uh, gas heaters um, or, you know, we, we can, we can integrate heaters. There's a variety of different heaters, either infrared or gas heaters, but um, I'll let Jared speak to uh, the cold weather because he's more of an expert on that. 
Yeah, and I was just going to make one other uh, comment on, on something Jarrett said about reducing the, uh, the the solar heat gain. And sure, you can have a, a, a solar screen to, to do that, but if it stays stationary and doesn't move, uh, nothing's going to happen. So the motorization, you know, guarantees that that savings, whether it's because it's being put on a timer or a, a sensor, it just makes it, you know, possible to happen every time. Cost efficiency yeah. is very important right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I think of it like a convertible. Um, if if I'm in, uh, you know, Kelvin's area, I'm, I'm down south in Florida, and I'm driving a convertible, and it's, you know, 90 degrees, maybe even up to 100 degrees. Uh, if I'm on the highway, or I'm in the country road or whatever, I feel great. Uh, it's fine. But if I get stuck in traffic, it sucks, <laughs> right? Suddenly, air is not moving, and now I feel hot. And the same thing is true with um, those outdoor spaces by simply adding a fan and having that air, air moving, um, you're comfortable. I actually was at a party um, in, in uh, Orlando a few years ago, and it probably was about uh, 95, 100 degrees when we, when we arrived. <clears throat> this, it was a very big home. It was more like a restaurant because it was, it was quite something. Uh, and everything was sealed. But there was a breeze that started to come off the lake probably around you know, 6.30 in the evening. They opened all of their large opening glass wall systems. So the, the living room, the kitchen, and where drinks are being served was all open to the outdoors. They dropped the screens. They had the, the louvers for shading as well. And that just made everyone feel really comfortable. So even though it was still a, a relatively hot evening, people felt great and they, they enjoyed that connection to the outside. Um, so I think you know that's, that whole idea of movement is really something that's important that uh, we bring to the table together. Yeah. I think in short, we collectively have the ability to control the effect of weather. Right. I mean, moving screens up and down, you know, manipulating the louvers, fans, putting all this together, we have the ability to control the effects of weather. We play off of what's good. If there's no no breeze, we you know, then the screens can be open or down. But if we got a nice breeze and there's, you know, open the screens. If you're getting that side breeze, you know, create some shade, and all of a sudden you got a very comfortable space again. So um we we work in conjunction with each other to create beautiful music. That's wonderful. So obviously the pandemic created a whole new situation, but you guys are obviously the heroes of the industry right now, based on the, you know, allowing companies to continue with their pivots and with their new ambiances that's going to keep going. I think you're performing a tremendous service. Let's talk about some success stories. I'm sure you're getting testimonials all the time from satisfied clients. I'm sure you've had really you know, challenging uh, situations because every situation, every client is different. Can you each speak to um, what's happened? You know, Give us a sort of a challenging situation that you solved and now you got a raving fan for you know for a client that's customers are just their guests are having extraordinary experiences because of how you solved that particular challenge sure well i can start with one i i shared earlier about one of the restaurants in the pacific northwest and and shared you know their their revenue success story mm -hmm. um we had an, another um <laughs> A situation where we had a restaurant that uh, it's an area called Richmond uh, in British Columbia, and it's right on sort of a port area, for lack of a better term. So open water. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's they've got a massive deck. It's beautiful, um, but when weather turns, uh, or even it's it's decent weather, but you know when you're out right on the ocean, it can be pretty chilly. Uh, they they were having issues with customers not feeling so great, and they probably, if I remember correctly, at least fifty percent of their seating capacity was on the actual deck itself. Um, and so their solution there was to go with retractable vinyl. 
um, to basically bring those vinyl, um, you know, fabrics, for lack of a better term, down. They were all hidden away in the ceilings, and then they would lower uh, on a track system between the posts uh, so that they could really cut down on that wind and keep that 50% of their of their seating capacity open uh, throughout the course of the year. I don't have the revenue numbers from them specifically, um, but I know that's made a huge difference to the customer experience. And they also don't have to completely enclose the space either. Just taking some of the wind off, but allowing some of the breeze to still come through really created the ideal scenario for them. And they can control that, um, you know, any which way they choose, whether it's automated or whether it's uh, with a remote or a wall switch. Yeah, one that comes to mind for me is, um, again, in my backyard, uh, is a restaurant called Le Jardinier. It's a New York-based restaurant down in the Miami Design District. In the middle of the pandemic, they reached out to us and said, based on the seating requirements, there's no way we can justify opening the doors until we get this outdoor seating fixed. So they came to us kind of, um, you know, hat in hand and said, you've got to come through with us as quickly as possible. So we, we fast-tracked it. We got in, we designed it, we got an approval that we expedited everything, the permit process and so forth. We got structure to move heaven and earth. And we were able to get this done for them so they could get their doors open and get their staff back to working. And uh, they were elated. As a matter of fact, it's, I was down there not long ago and they're still excited. But that's just one of many. I, you know, I, I, you know, again, if on our website, if you go to our case studies, there's some restaurant testimonials on there where people talked about you know, what it was like before the space was, you know, enhanced and what it was like after. And it's just, you know, owners raving about the fact that this is, this is their moneymaker now, this is their go-to space. And that, that's what makes us all do what we do. You know, we, we love doing this. So that's beautiful. There's definitely a passion that runs deep in this business, whether you're an owner operator or provider of services to restaurants. And it certainly sounds like you're all passionate about what you do and you're solving a definitely necessary problem and you're sort of you know transforming the future of restaurants simultaneously i think that's tremendous all right let's talk about um anything i may have missed do you want to offer anything that uh, you'd each like to talk about your companies about the technology about what you're offering like i said i'm excited about the the audio integration i think that that was kind of the missing link i think just having some really nice music playing in the background um, I think it was the thing that we overlooked. We were so focused on just making sure we had the lights and the and the movement of air proper and and, and creating a, a functional space. But now we just want to go next level. What's the next things we can do? Um, and back to what Jared said about biophilia, it's 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 about bringing organic elements to the space as well. I mean, our product is all aluminum. Jared's product is basically screen and aluminum frame. So we. We have these, you know, uh, materials that we deal with that, that allow us to do what we do. But I think that now we can start to look at some ways of softening up uh, some of these spaces a little bit to make them even enhance them even more. And I think that's one of the things I'm focused on is I think we all have a passion for design, too. I, I know Jared and I talk about this all the time. So, you know, we're trying to push our products to to focus as well on, on how can we enhance design and space even more. 
And the, uh, the only thing I would add from the, the Sumfi side is, you know, of course, we've talked a lot about the, you know, the exterior spaces and, and what we do to motorize and, and enhance those environments. But if there's a restaurant that also already has Sumfi powered shades or blinds inside, they can control them all together with the exterior products too. So one control system, um, you know, similar remote controls and such. So that can all be uh, tied together. And uh, it's not something you really touched on for here, but it is possible. You touched on an app earlier, Tracy, that um, I guess what's going through my mind is I'm an owner of a restaurant and my staff isn't going to show up for another hour, but I think I need, I, I, last minute, it's like, I want to change the ambiance. Can I control anything remotely from my phone? Sure. Even if my restaurant is, you know, 10 miles away down the Absolutely. street, whatever, so the app, that's all does, possible. It does just that. That's it gives cool. you the control anytime, yeah. anywhere, any place. So. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Let me ask yeah. anyone or all of you if um, any of these solutions are either semi-permanent or portable. You know, when I ran restaurants for decades, we were constantly reconfiguring our space and we moved staircases, we moved stages for live entertainment and stuff was always moving around, you know, just because it was a better, you know, efficient, more, you know, more efficient way of doing things. Are any of these structures uh, able to be moved if uh, with with limited um, deconstruction? You might say. I would, I, I would venture to say, think of it as permanent. <laughs> think of it as permanent. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, even from a warranty right. perspective, right? These um, our systems are coming with installation services for a good reason. You know, a big part of it is, of course, is we want to make sure that we're delivering optimum quality and delivering a great uh, client experience. Uh, and that also means that we know we can guarantee what we're guaranteeing in our warranties because we're doing it. Uh, so as soon as other folks start trying to manipulate something, you start to uh, maybe run into some warranty issues there. Uh, so at the very at the very least, you don't want to disrupt your warranty. Um, but yeah, I would I would think of it as more permanent as well. These are very durable systems that are designed to last for the life of the building itself. Um, so I, I wouldn't think of it as being something that's that's portable and and reconfigurable. Uh, we are great at coming back and making changes. <laughs> okay. So if someone does want to does want to do a change, we absolutely will be happy to come and 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 help out with the replanning of that. Um, but don't think of it as you know like a tent uh, or a marquee that you can just set up and take down. It's it's this is a much more permanent type system compared to that. Yeah, fair enough. I think, I think to add what Jared said is that we have people sometimes that don't utilize all of the available outdoor space due to budget, and you can do phase one, phase two. So you may be able to add to the existing space. Uh, that's not a problem. Or you can also, in some cases with our product, you can add other design elements. You may want to go in and put on some cap and base or some things to dress it up even more. And that can be done after the fact. But the configurability is going to be inside the space. They can put in new furniture and make it look great inside, but our spaces are pretty permanent, yes. Something Wonderful. to keep in mind too, uh, um, coming back to that that permanent um, question there, um, there's other, I mean, the big thing that we're trying to do, of course, is to help um, restauranteurs offer an incredible experience for their for their patrons, right? For their, for their customers. Um, but when we talk about something that's more permanent, there are some benefits um, that can really help a restaurant operator as well. For example, there's the FDA food code. Uh, I think it's section six that talks about um, having a barrier between where there's pests and insects and where food is being prepared or where food is being served. Um, if you have more of a permanent type solution, that's probably going to go over a bit better uh, than a temporary 
uh, type structure and dealing with some of those things. There's also certain, um, uh, you know, cities uh, or even states, municipalities that have certain energy uh, codes or energy requirements and a permanent structure, especially where there's automation involved, can help you meet that. I think of Title 24 in California, which is all about, you know, the use of energy and, and how, how you stay economical, but also environmental. Um, so having more of a permanent structure can really help with some of those practicalities uh, in building design and, and meeting code. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. I'd like each of you to be able to provide the best way to contact each of your companies for more information that could include URLs or you know email addresses to get, uh, to get right in touch with. What's the best way for each of you, um, for our audience to find you? Sure. So for, for Sumfi, it's sumfisystems.com. But in all honesty, we're going to send the the person that contacts us directly to Phantom or to Structure, depending on what they're looking for, if it's mm-hmm. you know a pergola or a, a screen. So they certainly could come to our website to learn more about Sumfi and our product offer. But when they're in that um, stage where they're looking to, to purchase and get that consultation, I would recommend they go directly to Phantom or Structure. All right. Jarrett, why don't you uh, give us the best way to contact your company? Sure. So our website is phantomscreens.com, PH for phantom. Uh, so you can find us easily on phantomscreens.com. And we also have a toll-free number. Uh, it's one triple eight phantom one triple eight phantom Okay, yeah. perfect. And Calvin, tell us about Structure. How can we contact you? Absolutely. I think just go to our, our website, which is Structure with an X, uh, S-T-R-U-X-U-R-E.com. Um, and everything that we need to know is there. Certainly, the submission forms will to get you get us down to the uh, dealer network or our design team, and we can get the uh, get the process moving quickly. So, well, let me thank you all very much for sharing what you do and the benefit that you're offering our great industry as we emerge from the pandemic. Thanks so much for that, and uh, thank you so much for being great guests on the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate having us. Thanks again to our sponsors of this episode, as well as our audience for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Guys, I've always believed in systems to run a really effective restaurant. They say you have a system if you can walk away and leave your place for a day, a week, or a month, and it's just as successful, just as profitable when you return, if not more so. Now, the staff are really the foundation of this, and it all comes down to the word empowerment. You know, if you've got really great people and if you can develop those people to have your back and to run it as if they owned it, treat everything as if they had to pay for it, that's a super powerful system. Once you have the staff in place, it really comes down to three things. It comes down to, one, staff training. Development, recognition, and rewards to create what I call your dream team. How to empower your team to think and act like owners and to treat everything as if they owned it and had to pay for it. And to deliver amazing guest service experiences to your customers. To serve and sell because sales are the lifeblood of your business. Not allowing order takers on the floor, but teaching everyone to recognize opportunities and make suggestions that we know the customers will enjoy and appreciate. It all comes down to training, training, training. Number two, cost controls and maximizing profit. You need to know your critical financial numbers on a weekly basis, and it only takes 10 minutes, but you need to understand these things. How about your daily break even? How much it costs you to open the doors to your restaurant each day? 
Inventory is not just walking around and figuring out what your order is that week. It's knowing the true value of your goods on hand at any given point in time. And you need this information to be able to calculate your true food and beverage costs. Your labor costs are also important and running a weekly labor analysis against sales. If you know these things, I can teach you how to maximize your profit and control your costs. And then number three is what I call marketing firepower and affinity. You know, affinity is defined as a really powerful sense of loyalty and belonging where your customers become raving fans and they're like an army of brand ambassadors spreading the word for your restaurant. Well, all of this is included in the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. If you really want to take your restaurant to the next level, post-pandemic, things are heating up, customers are coming back, Now's the time to really maximize your opportunities, maximize your sales and profits, and create that dream team staff. Check it out at restaurantrockstars.com. It's the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. Guys, it's no secret that when I ran restaurants, I was really always looking for a new competitive advantage and hooks that really set our business apart from the competition. And this episode was certainly all about creating these amazing outdoor spaces that create buzz in the marketplace, that draw repeat business back to your restaurant, and that obviously leads to positive online reviews. You know, we all have a parking lot. We all have a rooftop, perhaps, or an outdoor deck or a sidewalk. You know, we all have some sort of a space that we can look at in an entirely different and new way and see what is possible. What could go there? You know, what will really capture the visibility from the street and draw new people to my restaurant operation? So today's episode was really all about triggering that imagination. So thanks so much to Tracy and Calvin and Jarrett for bringing us a uh, this, this episode with Sumphy Structure and Phantom. Thanks also to our sponsors this week, Seven Shifts. And also, um, I hope that you leave us a review on iTunes. If you're really enjoying what you're hearing, we, we've been hearing from more and more of you. Um, I appreciate the positive feedback that I've been getting. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It'll help others find us. And also, uh, check out restaurantrockstars.com for some turnkey solutions to help you run a stronger, more profitable business. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.